Welcome to the Connecting Mind and Spirit podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you understand and apply the teachings of A Course in Miracles. I am your host, Fiona Williams, author of the newly released book, Awakening Your Right Mind, Healing from Fear and Following Spirit with A Course in Miracles. The benefits of A Course in Miracles are experienced through application of its right-minded principles. Throughout this podcast series, I will explain specific topics and teachings from A Course in Miracles and guide you through meditative exercises, which will help you apply the teachings to your life. Thank you for being here, and let's get started. In regard to the preface, I share about what brought me to the course. Um, I share some of my family history, which has been a tough history um, with the war in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, when my parents immigrated here to Canada, my mom used A Course in Miracles and um, specifically um, Eckhart Tolle's work to help her out of the pain and the trauma of the past. What I find interesting about my mom's experience, and this was also the same same for me, and I know a lot of people who are in the course community have come to experience this, is that therapy only really goes so far. And they're looking for something more to kind of supplement their healing journey, their path. And for us, we've come across the Course in Miracles in our lives. So I know for my mom, therapy only went so far and she adopted a Course in Miracles and it really supported her. And then Eckhart Tolle's work and things like that. So um, the mind training aspect of A Course in Miracles, how important it is to help us um, because we're always with our minds. As we're taught in the course, the mind never sleeps. It's always creating. And when you have that awareness that your mind is always at work, personally, when I read that quote in the course, it was a wake-up call to just go, Fiona, if your mind is always at work, then perhaps it's time to, you know, train your mind and start using it for yourself to benefit yourself instead of against yourself. Um, that's the intention of why I wrote Awakening Your Right Mind was I've personally been fascinated with the concepts of the mind that A Course in Miracles reinforces for us and highlights. Um, I just feel that the mind is so important and I really just wanted to shine a light on it and what the Course teaches us about our minds. And of course, we want to awaken our right minds because it's our right minds through consistent use of our right minds that we will become enlightened. But if we continue to use the ego mind, we're just going to continue judging the world as real and thoughts grow stronger the more you share them. And so we're just going to go deeper and deeper into this world and it's going to seem stronger and more potent to us. So if you always have that choice available to you, then I thought, you know, we need to awaken our right minds. And that's why I wanted to write the book and really highlight how important it is that we begin to do so. And of course, I share some experiences. Um, where I have used my right mind to help me through some really trying times. Um, so in the preface, you know, I talk about when I was uh, younger, I was 16, and I came across my mom's <laughs> version or uh, copy of the course, and I opened it to the first lesson. And it says, nothing I see in this room <laughs> from this street from this window means anything. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I'm sure, can anyone relate if, uh, you know, they read that first lesson and they're like, what? <laughs> Some head nods. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, you know, I closed it because I, I still felt very attracted to it, but I didn't know what that meant. Right. It just seemed so foreign. So I just closed it. But as I mentioned in the preface of the book, the next year, I just took, um, a couple of nights or a couple of shifts a week working at my church that I was brought up in Holy Spirit Catholic Church. And I think it's very curious that it was called Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is such a prominent figure in A Course in Miracles. So it's really nice to have a new relationship with the Holy Spirit, one with the Course in Miracles that, you know, is apart from Catholicism, and I find it serves me better. Um, but yeah, when I was working at the church, I would frequently <laughs> leave the desk and go and stare into the eyes of the sculptures of Jesus and Mary in particular. There's also a sculpture of Joseph. But I would stare into Jesus's eyes in the sculpture and I was like, I knew there was something that I was missing. I knew there was something more. And I, I can't stress to you how often I looked into the eyes of that sculpture. And I was like, tell me what you know. What is it? There's something more. And uh, and then it was just um, at my early 20s, I had a really strong bout of anxiety. And my mom gave me a copy of Disappearance of the Universe by Gary Renard. And that's where, when I read it, I was like, yes, of course, this makes sense. It was all kind of reinvigorating something I felt like I had known before. And it all just made perfect sense. So uh, can anyone else relate that when they, you know, read Disappearance of the Universe or something similar that it kind of woke up some, yeah, Monica, for sure, Crows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's totally, yeah. Um, and it's and Carl too. And and that's the truth. It's always been in our minds. We're taught in A Course in Miracles that the truth is there. It's in your mind. And you want to touch upon it. And these things that come into our lives, like A Course in Miracles, or the way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, whether we have conversations with someone and something they says says really resonates with us or something like that. That's the Holy Spirit touching the truth in your mind. And it's coming to the forefront and it's catching your attention. So you know, what I wanted to kind of put out there to the group is, you know, Course in Miracles came very naturally into my experience because my mom was a student. So it's been around since I was a baby. But did anyone else, you know, have such a natural um, experience discovering the course? You know, I know some people talk about they walked through a bookstore and a copy of it fell and hit them <laughs> on the head. So <laughs> hopefully that didn't happen to everyone. But can anyone relate? I can say that uh, I had heard in, in the year 2002 an interview of Wayne Dyer with Tony Robbins. Yeah. And, and he mentioned it, and it was on an old audio cassette, you know, they were still popular. And I go, Of course, and what? So I went to Barnes and Noble here in the US and bought a copy and brought it home and let it sit on my shelf for two years before I opened it. Oh, wow. So, and then it was just the right time, and I haven't looked back since. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Does anyone else want to share? Yeah, Sue? Um, my awakening came with Neil Donald Walsh's The Conversations with God. Yeah. And from onward from that, there were many books, but then I was, I heard of A Return to Love, Marianne Williamson. And, mm -hmm. and I used to think there's something more to this book. It's coming from somewhere else. So that was the way my introduction came. Beautiful. Beautiful. Miracles. Yeah. Yeah. Rose? I was on another call, but uh, the question was how you found the course, was yeah. it? Yeah. Um, well, 
I read Marianne Williamson in the 80s. It was a great book. And I thought that I had read The Course in Miracles. That was the last oh. I heard of it. <laughs> so I went on, continued my spiritual journey, whatever came into my path, The Power Law of Attraction, Abraham Hicks, yep. which led to Eckhart Tolle, yep. uh, Power of Now. And then come full circle, I heard The Course in Miracles showed up again in some format somewhere. And I looked into it and I said, well, this is this is landing in my lap. It's uh, it's you know, I always follow that intuition. Yeah. And then I started it just a year ago, and yeah. I is yeah, and it's been it's been it's been just what I was ready for. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been ready for it before. I Eckhart Tolle. I always say, if you're not getting the course, do the prerequisite. Or if I would tell somebody about the course, I said, but I want you to do a prerequisite. Do the power mm -hmm. of now. Oh. <laughs> get that mind training get a feel for mind training and then go to the course yeah <laughs> college curriculum you have to see that take the prerequisite <laughs> that's right yeah it helps doesn't it <laughs> with um Eckhart Tolle and listening to him almost every day for a year I I had the, my mind trained a certain way about negative thoughts and things and presence and so then I, I was ready for the deepness of the course and with already the idea of mind training in place. Yeah, which is great because you do need to kind of be prepared that um, like, I mean, we're taught in the course that it's a total reversal in how we think complete yeah. thought reversal, you know, so it's it's nice to have some, yeah, as you would say, a prerequisite kind of introductory ideas <laughs> to help us embrace the course. Very helpful for me, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Does anyone else want to share of how the course came to them? No, okay, okay. <laughs> um, and you know what I do want to point out is that, um, like we're taught in the course that if it's meant for you, you'll know. And so, what I like to highlight for people is that if the course is in your life you were ready for it before you came into this physical experience, you signed up to be exposed to it to, you know, because it's, it's your turn, right? It's um, even Gary Renard highlights um, for us that, you know, that we, we can become enlightened. It, it's natural for us to become enlightened and we can do it. So I just kind of like to highlight the importance that if the course is in our life and it's resonating with us and we want to understand it more, um, that, that's something to really pay attention to. I really think it helps to um, solidify your commitment to going, you know what, there's a reason this is in my life. And if I'm going through a trial, um, the course along with other things, but the course's teachings can support me in this as well. Um, and, and maybe I'm ready. Like it's about giving yourself a vote of confidence. And that's kind of the energy I wanted to give throughout awakening your right mind was that vote of confidence that you, you can do this. We all can do it. And um, as we're taught in the course, we already have. It's inevitable that we will become enlightened. We're already there. So that's, you know, I hope everyone kind of picked up on that you know, vote of confidence I was trying to give everyone. <laughs> oh, very supportive book. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so when we pay attention to that, what I wanted to highlight as well in uh, the preface and also a bit in the introduction is how our society has dumbed down the mind and has turned it into an enemy. Does anyone feel the same way or have any thoughts about that? 
Because like to me, what I, I guess I found it kind of confusing in spirit, like pop culture, spiritual, um, you know, books, they're like, you know, stop paying attention to your thoughts, just get up off the chair and go do it. But it was a thought to get up off your chair <laughs> that got you to get up off the chair and go do what you're going to do. So I've found here and there that um, people just don't seem to understand the importance of the mind. And that's something I do really appreciate about Gary Renard's work is, I mean, there even in his latest book, there's a chapter that is all about the importance of the mind. And I love that the course is not shy about it. You know, Jesus says in chapter two of the course, he says to us, he's like, when it comes to fear, don't ask me to save you from fear. You know, I can't because it's cause and effect. Cause and effect are one. If you've had the thought and you believed it, you're going to feel the fear, right? That's cause and effect. But what he does say is, but what I can do for you, how I can help you is to help you recognize how powerful your mind is, that you can no longer afford to depreciate the power of your mind. And also what I think is important to recognize that it's the correct use of our minds that is going to get us healthfully above the ego's battleground, right? And off of the cycle of reincarnation and ultimately towards enlightenment it is correct use of our minds that's going to get us there so how can we use our minds correctly if we don't even appreciate that it's an important thing and that's also something that i really wanted to share in um, the preface of the course is that your mind is important and all of the pain all of the suffering that we've experienced psychological physical all of it has come from a misuse of the mind. Right? Does that resonate for people? Well, you know, I'm not a naturally happy person. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I was raised to learn to be helpless, kind of like, you know, the mentality, the scarcity, the, like the, and um, I have, and a lot of times uh, I'll say during the day, I will, or uh, I'll say, you have a choice you can, you know, this can, you can feel good or, 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 you know, you can find something to not feel good about. And, 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 and it's, that's the reality. And it's like, okay, well, why would I choose not to feel good? You know? And so then it's not going to be logical if I'm going to call somebody and find something to complain about. Right. And yet it's almost like that's how I, that's what I always knew that you were, you know, you're supposed to share something you were unhappy about. And now I'm like, no, I don't do that anymore because as the course says, you just are reinforcing, uh, you know, a negative uh, thought system or, you know, you're just reinforcing the ego Mm -hmm. by, uh, by doing that. So, um, yeah, if I have, okay, I have poison oak on my hand. But I'm not going to call, you know, I might mention it in happenstance. Yeah, I just happen to have this crazy rash, you know, it's really annoying me. But it's not like I'm not looking for some kind of sympathy, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I I think that is um, important. What you noted, Elaine, is, you know, how we've been brought up, you know, how our society functions. Right. Um, Unfortunately, there is a lot of making us victims that our society likes to reinforce but i mean that's just what people know right and um the ego loves a victim the that is the favorite role for the ego because 
And I talk about it a little later in the book where I talk about the ego paradox, right? Where your mind is what the ego uses to sustain itself. But at the same time, the ego tries to depreciate the power of your mind because it cannot afford for you to recognize how powerful your mind is. Because it is through your mind, the decision maker, that you can choose against the ego. And that is murder to the ego. That is death to the ego. So it's terrified. So it can't have you clue in that you are a very powerful decision maker, that you are a very powerful mind. And just naturally in our world, of course, it's reflected that, yeah, you know, that you're a victim, that, you know, things are happening to you, right? Um, all of that kind of stuff, all of um, your mind's not important. You know, it's a nuisance. It's something to subdue. It's something to drug. It's something to just shoo away. And that is just not the healthy way to look at the mind. You have to begin to appreciate that this is what you're using because, you know, even if you go on vacation, your head's going to follow you, right? <laughs> so your thoughts are following you everywhere. And what I really wanted to help with everyone through this book is to go, okay, well, if I'm using my mind all the time, how about it's time I start using it correctly? Okay, so I see a couple of hands up. Rose, I think you were first. Hi, Rose. Did you have a question, love? Okay. Uh, yeah. No, no, I was just, um, um, when you said about the power of the mind, that your book is, is about the power of mind. Mm -hmm. and, and that is what I love about your book. And I feel is so powerful is really how you have taken the, the topic of the mind and broken it down really specifically and keeps our focus on the mind because of what you just said how our society and we uh, me, me as part of that society depreciates mm -hmm. the power that i have of of the mind that is actually projecting this rose image and the world it's a very profound teaching of the course and so I wanted to say that I really love this about the book. And of course, us coming together, we really are shining the light on the light itself, the yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> and really, you know, so I really just wanted to add my voice to that's why I'm joining you and this book. And uh, how I, when I read it, I just said, well done. And it's great to keep you know coming back to that so thank you fiona that's what i wanted to say oh thank you rose thank you so much that warms my heart because that's exactly what i wanted to highlight for everyone i mean when i first so i have a copy of it right here when i wrote the children's version my mind book my first book when i was a child i was that anxious student in the class right you know, and I mean, every kid gets picked on, you know, that happens to all of us. Um, but I really recognized the level of suffering I was experiencing by being so anxious, just sitting in class. And then you have like the contribution of social anxiety. You want to fit in, then you want to also do well and just being a child. And I felt all this pressure. And when I became an adult, I was like, my goodness, this is something that I want to instill in children first and foremost was I wanted to write my mind book just to give kids some awareness 
that they are the decision makers. They always have a choice and that it's okay to feel upset. It's totally okay to feel upset, but that's not your forever. It won't, it doesn't need to stay that way. And of course, with awakening your right mind, I can go more in depth on it for adults, right? But yeah, absolutely. To just try and instill that idea in children is, you know, why I wrote my mind book. Yeah. Uh, Carl? Uh, I'm just glad that you brought up uh, victimhood earlier. I think the the best thing I ever heard you say, and you've been on my podcast twice, and I know you've talked about this, and it kind of gives me relief is, is when things pop up in our life, instead of being a victim, we realize that I do this out of myself. Yeah. And that is where we discover our true power. I mean, just this past week, a week I made a couple really uh, wrong-minded choices, and I'm already seeing the the results of it. And, and, and I can't say that it, uh, knowing that I do this out of myself changes that. However, it does make me understand where the power is coming from and that I do have free will to choose. And the, and the, on top of that, the, the beautiful thing that the Course says is uh, the Holy Spirit will always say to you, my son, choose again. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. Yeah. yeah. And and I bring that up in, in um, the introduction, right? The choice. The choice that is always available to us. Am I going to see this through the wrong mind of the ego or am I going to see this through the right mind of, of spirit? Right. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to really highlight, um, and I do mention it in the introduction, is how natural spirit is to us. That, that's what we truly are. And, and we're having, yes, this physical experience, which is our classroom, but that naturalness of spirit, that it is natural for us to connect to the Holy Spirit. And we can call the Holy Spirit one mind or love or, you know, just spirit, whatever resonates with you, but it is your higher self. It is the part of you that's above the battleground of the chaos of the ego. And, you know, when you're in the battleground, right, like you're constantly dodging and maybe doing a couple of jabs yourself. And if you're battling the ego, you can't rise above it. And, you know, I, of course, later in the book, you know, it'll probably be a really hot topic when we get into the ego's laws of chaos, which really highlight how the ego distracts us from the truth, distracts us from feeling peaceful, from just having, being comfortable with a quiet mind, right? Because the ego is always like, let's do something. Come on, let's take control. Let's defend. Let's make an enemy. When the whole time the ego is just trying to keep your focus, because it is through your belief in it that it survives, right? So Jesus does teach us in the course, right? Well, like Carl showed us and highlighted for us, right? That the key to salvation is but this, I am doing this unto myself, right? But Jesus also teaches us that if you didn't believe in the ego, it would simply cease to be because it's fed by your very powerful mind, yet just another amazing reason to put the focus back on our minds. Because, you know, I know all of our ego experiences, I, I know that they are potent. They're, you know, they're a lot. They can be really, really a lot. They can drag us down. But if we just have some sort of awareness, just bringing the right mind to the forefront to just know, you know what, this will pass. I don't need to really necessarily change anything. 
I just need to do this with the Holy Spirit, that I have that choice because the ego is always going to change your experiences into something that is going to try and bring you down, something that is going to deceive you into thinking that you're powerless. That is what the ego wants to do, all to keep your focus so it can live. Right. So we will be getting a lot more into that, you know, throughout the month when we get together. <laughs> it's, and I, I know the, the chapter on the ego mind is uh, it's long. <laughs> you look at the table of contents and you're like, wow, that's a big chapter. <laughs> but it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff to go through. But I think it's important to highlight it. Right. Because that's a big part of what we're being taught in A Course in Miracles. What we're being shown is what the ego is up to. Right. So. <laughs> Any insights uh, there? Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I just wanted to kind of bring around a gentle awareness. You can just kind of bring this to your own mind. But are you aware of how you've been using your mind lately? Kind of, you know, did COVID, the whole that very strong experience of fear, did it show you that, you know what, I really need to start improving how I use my mind? Or did you kind of create some fear thoughts, you know, throughout the pandemic that are like, wow, like, I am just sick of this, like, look at what I've been doing to myself. So it's just something I wanted to kind of highlight in our own minds, just because we did go through, you know, it's a pretty unique experience to go through such a, a strong moment, a few years, such as a pandemic. Um, and I know we all may have unintentionally created some fear patterns. Um, and what I wanted to highlight was that, you know, we can move beyond those fear patterns, we can start to let those go. We can start to let ourselves relax um, and, and think right-mindedly and strengthen our minds. And, and, you know, I just think it's important to highlight that because it's been such a, a rough go. Uh, yeah, Elaine? Yeah, um, I, I don't want to create any controversy. Mm -hmm. uh, I joined the course a year ago, so it was still, you know, kind of like a uh, pandemic wasn't totally over. And, mm -hmm. and I... Um, a woman in my area, like she was listed as a person on one site I found uh, in order to, you know, get together. And um, and she said, well, since I didn't get the vaccination, I couldn't come, mm. you know. And I just thought, uh, this is the Course in Miracles? Oh. <laughs> and I thought, I thought you were supposed to be like, realizing what fear is made by the world you know because I could see it and I wasn't even a, a long-term student yet you know I just started studying but I could see the fear generated by the world yeah. uh, that it was the world's agenda mm -hmm. and that I wasn't going to be a part of it mm -hmm. and yet here I thought I, I was a little confused and I said, you know, and I just said, fine, you know, that's fine with me. I'm certainly not going to go get the chemical because to come to your house. Mm. So, but, um, so I don't want to create controversy, but, but I know it is controversial, but I was a little surprised at that. Yeah. And I don't know what the community of the course is. If it, I'm sure, like everywhere else around the world, it's divided about that issue, and so people have strong feelings for and against. Yeah. And I'm just saying that 
as a core student, I was surprised. Yeah. Well, okay. and, That's all I'm say. <laughs> it's, and it's fair enough. I mean, and one of the things I do highlight later in my book um, that we're taught in the course that the first law of chaos for the ego is that the truth is different for everyone. Okay. And so it's um, every course student is going to think for themselves. They're going to follow their intuition as to what's best for them. We're taught in the course that it's not actually your behavior that we're too concerned about. It's actually who you do things with. Am I doing it with the ego or am I doing it with the Holy Spirit? If someone's afraid and they feel a vaccination will help them, then they will do it. The only guidance I would give is follow the Holy Spirit. Do it with the Holy Spirit. That is because that's your fundamental choice woven into this world is I can either do it with the ego or I can do it with the Holy Spirit. If I do it with the ego, it's going to reinforce guilt, fear, and all of those effects. If I do it with the Holy Spirit, I may feel peace at some point. Um, you know, whatever it is that we would do, whatever it is, if something's an issue for you, you are guided to do it with the Holy Spirit. Right. So it's not really about, you know, different perceptions. All of our perceptions are so unique. We all come from different cultures, you know, different. Our parents were brought up and they bring their own stuff into like our experiences. Like we're just so our perceptions are so different. And the Holy Spirit knows that. And that's what I love about the Holy Spirit is our higher self knows what's going to resonate for us. It knows how to love us. It wants to care for us. And so it's going to guide us in ways like it, the Holy Spirit doesn't teach through fear, but that's all the ego does is teach fear re and reinforce fear. So what I love is that every solution that we are seeking, whatever it might be, the Holy Spirit is going to know what's going to resonate for each and every single one of us individually, because the Holy Spirit knows our, our different perceptions. And just like, you know what, this might work better for Fiona, and this might work better for Christine, and that for Carl, and that for Sue, right? Like, it, it's all different, but that's okay. And what the ego will always try to do is try to make an enemy of someone who has a different opinion. Because again, the ego wants to survive through your, your belief in it. And an enemy is an excellent way for the ego to keep itself alive. Because now you're focused on maintaining chaos in your own mind by constantly being in conflict about someone else or an idea or a group or a corporation or whatever it might be. So, you know, it, it's just something, well, that's what I love about A Course in Miracles is that it's so inclusive. Everyone is loved. Everyone, you know, is, you can have the support but of the Holy Spirit. Do you think that by excluding somebody from uh, their home based on, do, do you think that can be a Holy Spirit thing or an ego? I think that would have to be ego. That. But it's yeah. how you choose. I hear you 100%. I hear what you're saying, but it would, it's always into how you choose to see it. Right. That's what the, that's where Jesus through the course would say, okay, well, how are you perceiving it? You know, how, if, is, how is she perceiving it? The one who makes the decision of who to invite to her home? Well, no, because the decision is you're the decision maker. The Holy Spirit says, Elaine, you're the decision maker. That woman's oh. choice of, of how you want to see it, of how you want to perceive it. Well, I perceived it as, you know what, you're better off not going because um, that 
that that wouldn't work for me probably you know because because there we go you know it was just like how I had to handle at the pottery studio out of 35 women only two of us didn't and we were like the the black sheep and so I was just like oh I don't want to be a black sheep somewhere else too (laughs) (laughs) you know it, it really is how you choose to see um things the decision maker what i mean by that is i am the decision maker something has come into my situation maybe i'm not um invited to something or whatever it might be um because of a choice i've made um and so it's up to me to either see that as a call for love which is what the holy spirit says look it's not fear it's a call for love right so that person was in fear elaine right that's that's why she made that choice and that's okay because of course in miracles students get fearful just the difference is we start to become aware that we're fearful and we want to do something about it right we're still having the human experience but you the what the holy spirit would say you know this is a call for love so how are you going to think about her and and that choice and that that's the decision maker that we want to activate in our minds is that no matter what appears to occur I have that choice to see this as a call for love. And it doesn't mean we won't have our reactions. You know, it can irk us for a bit and blah, 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 you know, and no, shake no, it off. No, I, yeah. I, you know, it was just like, okay, no, no problem. You know, yeah, right. which is very yeah. loving, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah it's very yeah. loving for I, people. Also, oh, maybe I, you know, maybe I wouldn't feel comfortable there for other reasons too. So, yeah, you and know, you never like, know. No reason, no big, yeah. no emotion at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. Uh, Carl, I see your hand up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to dominate the conversation. We have so many lovely people here. But, you know, you mentioned the pandemic and, and uh, how it affected us and being a course student. Uh, as as we could easily see, looking back now, that the ego grabbed a hold of the pandemic and used it to emphasize separation. You know, you must be six feet apart, whatever, however that came about. But the ego put literally did that to the entire world on a global scale. And what what I got caught up in for a while was uh, the mass consciousness of judgment, because everybody's uh, ideas were on opposite end of the spectrums. Well, you need the vaccine. I hate the vaccine or whatever. You're stupid. I love you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I got caught up in the judgment. But uh, but knowing what I know as a student, I I just started turning over my judgment to the Holy Spirit. And having grown up in the hippie era, the anti-war uh, era here in, in Ohio in the U.S., you know, my old radical self wanted to stand up and say, you stupid idiots, get on the soapbox. But I realized that's not my mission anymore. My mission is here to to be a teacher of God, you know, and and, and I'm not going to do that by creating more separation. And, yeah. and consequently, by giving that, that up, I also probably found myself in a more peaceful place for for a couple years than I had ever been. That kind of was in uh, uh, coordination with my starting in the Power of Aid Healing Group, and I found a lot of peace from doing that too. But it was interesting, you know, the judgment flared up, but I knew, no, it's not my place. Here, you take this Holy Spirit, and it was such a big help. Yeah, beautiful. I I love it. Excellent demonstration. Excellent. Yeah. Christine, I did see your hand up. Are you okay? You want something to mention? 
I just want to say that, yeah, I, I uh, what, what Carl says, I echo what Carl says about how it brought out how much I'm tired of judging people, you know, yeah. Yeah. what the pandemic brought out for me. And I do, and as well, um, I, I did, I do find that I, I, um, I tapped into a lot of resi resilience. I noticed that I'm a lot more resilient than I thought I was because I've nice. been through a lot of stuff. Yeah. However, uh, just for to Elaine, I don't want to start a big discussion, but I'm vaccinated. Okay. So I sort of, uh, yeah, I believe in, like you say, I went with the Holy Spirit and that's, mm -hmm. that's what worked for me. Yeah. But just to Elaine, I'm thinking that maybe also fear may have motivated her in the sense, perhaps for yeah. not wanting the vaccine. So I guess fear works on, yeah. on both sides of getting that's it and point. not getting, right. getting it. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I was totally terrified of it. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you, Christine. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and it's, you know, isn't it nice, you know, as I was just speaking earlier about the battle, right. That when we start to realize how much the battle is going on in our own head about the thoughts that we're having about certain situations. Um, and it's true. Like when we start, of course, miracles and things like, you know, thought systems like that is, um, you know, it's a conflicted mind that we become so aware of it <laughs> because it's being highlighted. And you're like, wow, look at my thoughts. And, um, you know, when I went through that bout of anxiety in my early 20s, as I talk about in the book, you know, I had this keen awareness that I was doing it to myself. I knew I was doing it to myself. All of the things I was anxious about, it, that was not the issue. I knew that. And I was very, very grateful that I clued into that. And I really believe that was like why I was ready to take the next step of A Course in Miracles, right? It was because I had this awareness. I was doing it to myself. Um, so yeah, it's when we start to recognize how chaotic our, our inner world is um, and how it doesn't need to be that way. You know, I just, I just find that so empowering <laughs> personally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's um, just highlighting the decision maker. It's who am I doing it with? It's not about the behavior at the level of the world. This world is an effect. It's always at the level of the mind. And you know, the ego can try and separate all it, wa all it wants, pardon me, but it can't because our mind, there's only one mind in actuality the the collective is one mind and at the level of the unconscious mind our minds know that so every person that we judge every situation that we judge everything all of that is really just messages we're giving to ourselves so sometimes i like to envision like if i'm having a bit of a rough go or whatever I like just envision a mirror in front of me and going like Fiona, literally everything you're thinking right now, you are, you may as well just say it to yourself because that's what you're doing. You're, you're just feeding it in your own mind because there is only one of us and your unconscious mind knows that. And so even then, I just think that's so powerful. Um, you know, you start to recognize that if you make a judgment towards someone, you know, now it's nice to be at the point where I'm just like, well, I'm not the ego, so I don't need to take that any further. So the judgment popped up. No big deal, right? Oh, thanks, Sue. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> you know, so... I, I, pardon? I, I, I just wanted to say, you know, there's such an emphasis always on the mind. Yeah. But we forget about our hearts, you know? Like, yeah. 
love is where is who and what we are yeah. and we've got to remember that everything is a block to love's awareness yeah so it's never something outside it's something within us everything outside is triggering us yeah to remember that love is always the answer it's, it's so not true. out there and there's no difficulty in miracles they're all the same <laughs> isn't There's that beautiful loves awareness yeah. yeah yeah it's so beautiful i mean i love that teaching like literally anything miracles are natural there's no one that's bigger or smaller or nothing because love is love you're right sue love is the answer yeah and when you start to tap into it and feel love on a more consistent level of course you're going to turn to it more often <laughs> beautiful yeah yeah. Beautiful. yeah yeah it is it's a gift it's a true gift it's a gift to recognize who you truly are right apart from the chaos apart from the chaos yeah 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 thank you sue so beautiful so beautifully said oh i'm sorry yeah uh, but just uh, what sue said i i often uh am in i when i find something that the when the course mentions the heart um it mentions it here in um i knew it recently it mentioned it, and this is less than 197 and um nor can you dim the light of your perfection in your heart the heart of god is laid mm -hmm. and it's and and it and it says in my right mind which is what jesus means by heart mm -hmm. so the course does never re re really references the heart because I guess it's physiological. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a, it's a, it's, is our body. And of course, yeah. says we don't have a body yeah. and, and that's my understanding of why it doesn't mention the heart. Yeah. Uh, but here in lesson 197, it's, it's, it's saying that when it, when it talks about the right mind, it does mean the heart yeah yeah and i mean the you're right like physiologically the you know jesus is teaching us that the body like the heart is an effect it's part of the body but like the heart you know just symbolically as that essence of like in my heart i feel that like in my heart i know that or you know i love that or whatever it might be like there's even a great quote um from the course um that jesus says you know holy lovable and holy loving this is how a man must think of himself in his heart so I think it's just that knowingness, like that's, you know, that symbol of knowingness. And I love that because that's how we must think of ourselves in our heart is like, I'm holy, loving and holy, lovable. Oh, what a relief, <laughs> you know, because I thought I was this raging, whatever. <laughs> you know? And so I know, but like we feel love in our hearts, you yeah. know, and, and and when and that's when we know we've tapped into a connection at, at least for me yeah <laughs> um, and yet you read the whole course and it doesn't really yes. mention heart that often <laughs> yeah, yeah it can be poetic and and use yeah. uh, use things as symbols and metaphors and right. <laughs> all that. Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well, so maybe some people feel it in their toes they feel love i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know <laughs> or their ears that's right <laughs> single my heart opens <laughs> that's right <laughs> and there was um there was one thing i wanted to mention um on page five of the preface where i say um in this book you will learn that no longer you have to let fear thoughts or responses dominate you you can correct them and this is how fear will become less potent until it ultimately 
becomes nothing to you. Yes, this is not only possible, but wonderfully inevitable. <laughs> Does that seem feasible, you know, at this moment to you that you could live without fear? That you could go through this physical experience? Because we become enlightened in the body while we're having the physical experience. And so there's that course quote, right? Like, can you imagine what it would be like to have no cares, no worries, no concerns, but merely to be calm and quiet all the time? Is that feasible? Or is that like, seem like a long shot? <laughs> or you're like, I'm ready. <laughs> At the risk of um, saying a lot, or maybe too much, I'm sorry. But I was just saying to someone the other day, about the course and i was saying to them how you have to go from your ego to your right mind and then and i said but i envision a time in the future when i'm going to live in that peaceful state i can see that yeah and that was the first time i really verbalized it and felt that it was really really going to happen yeah nice that i was I, that I am on the path to that, yeah. to, to waking up in that peacefulness, yeah. to going through my day in that peacefulness. Yeah. And I really feel that's, that's going to happen. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. Carl, I see your hand up. Well, just talking uh, about fear that that section in the book, which I underlined oh. before I even said it. <laughs> I underlined that a couple months ago. Um, anyway, um, it takes it takes some work to get past the understanding. Same thing with fear. I do this on myself, uh, and I have found that in situations where I do feel fear rising up, I repeat many of the quotes uh, from the course in my mind, and it really it really dissipates the fear, brings me peace. Uh, in places where I might have been fearful for yeah. certain situations, it, it, you know, sure, it pops up yeah. and I honor it. I go, well, thank you for that thought. I'm not interested. But you know what? You know, <laughs> God's son can suffer nothing. And I am his son. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. So and, and what you've really pointed out is who am I identifying with? Right. And when you're identifying with who you truly are, then, yeah, then fear, it gets less sticky. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not giving it any fuel. Right. Or even as Cindy Renard, when I when I interviewed her recently, you know, she said you want to approach the course from the perspective that you are mind, not not necessarily the body. It's about that you are mind. And I thought that was such an excellent thing because it highlights for us again. Who am I identifying with? What am I identifying as? You know, um, so because the body is a is a communication device, mm -hmm. right? But we're more than that as well. We use it, you know, we use it for the purposes of love and loving communication and in the classroom. But what am I truly? And when you start to identify more and more with your right mind and that your spirit and that you're innocent, then the ego doesn't have anything to cling to because if you're innocent and the ego is representing guilt, <laughs> then it's like, mm -hmm. oh. I'm kind of bouncing off here. <laughs> uh, Christine? Yeah, about the uh, about li not living in fear and living in, in peace and all that, that seems so alien to me. And I feel like, okay, well, who will I be? What will I be if I'm not living in fear? And that's scary to me <laughs> yeah. to not but, feel that way. <laughs> yeah. 
What a great point you mentioned there, because, you know, you guys know I went through PTSD and still coming out of it a wee bit, right? But wow, too, I, I say right now, I'm kind of rubbing my eyes from coming out of the PTSD. And I'm like, who's who's Fiona w- without the PTSD and, and the trauma and, and those stress responses? I'm like, who am I? <laughs> like, you know, it's it's a rediscovery, but you're you're so right, Christine. It's like, this is what I identify with. And, and now I have to let it go at some point. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's true. It's it's who am I identifying with? Yeah, what am I truly? Yeah. And and so, you know, I remember in this bedroom, you know, not that long ago, it was probably just over a year ago, you know, I had a panic attack sitting next to my bed. And I had to put myself on the ground just to feel safer for some reason. And I let the dogs jump all over me and give me kisses and help me out of the panic attack. But when I was sitting there, I was just, I was all by myself in the house. My husband was out and I was just like, who am I going to go through this with? Is this really such a big deal? You know what a panic attack feels like. Don't give it anymore. Don't give it anymore. And in the midst of that panic attack, I was very grateful that I was able to identify with what I truly was. And the panic subsided a lot quicker, a lot quicker. And that was a gift. And that, you know, that was not something I had experienced before. And I had a ton of panic attacks, right? So I was really grateful to have that awareness. But it was only through my commitment to opening up to the Holy Spirit and going through it with HS that brought me that that gentle awareness in that really trying moment. So, you know. We, we can do it. Uh, Rose? Uh, yeah, the conversation about fear um, mm-hmm. is a, a really important one, a central one, you know, mm-hmm. and as you pointed out, and just to add to the conversation, that that is the ego's job. Mm-hmm. In my understanding, I've been doing the course for 30 years mm-hmm. and had a health condition, chronic Lyme disease for 27, 28, mm-hmm. and fear's been a prominent and um, persistent um, experience Mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, working, have been working with all these years. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a really important discussion that I'm glad you're bringing forward that Mm -hmm. as I, and we return our attention back to the mind, and there are two minds, a mind of fear Mm -hmm. and the mind of love. So, and the other thing, the decision maker Mm -hmm. in my understanding really is choosing the identity of fear or the identity of love like who am i am i a body which is fearful like that's what i've come to around the body in my long time experience with it uh that not working well Mm -hmm. is the body's always in need and always uh, threatening demise uh, this goes wrong that goes wrong and like your anxiety it doesn't matter if it's small or it's big mm-hmm. and that's been a hard lesson for me you know mm-hmm. like not to okay this is really a big symptom and this is a minor mm-hmm. symptom and how tempting I, I find that extremely challenging you know the difference between um you know losing your eyesight versus a splinter and, and yeah. thinking that there's a difference and and the threat to who is me like who who is being threatened yeah uh, 
so that disidentification from fear is really disidentification from the body and the world. It all goes together. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll talk more about this topic of fear and rightly so just to yeah. say it's really true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Thanks, thanks everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Rose. I, and it's true, you know, we're, we're taught in the course that the body is always craving something, right? It's, we're always kind of distracted with its comfort, um, things that it needs and this and that and the other thing. But again, one more thing within the illusion that that we can use with the, the purposes of what the Holy Spirit would use the body for. And I can see this body and whatever it appears to go through, I can do that with the Holy Spirit. Um, and yeah, of course, we'll uh, specifically on the chapter on the right mind, you know, where I share some of my experiences, we'll definitely be chatting more and more about that. But yeah, it's true. The body is always calling for our, our attention. But I like to remind myself, um, especially having gone through Meniere's disease and then PTSD, I like to remind myself before I go to sleep that this body is a totally neutral communication device, which I choose to use for the purposes of communicating God's love. Am I always successful in that? No, <laughs> but it is my goal. <laughs> it is something that I embrace and I find it very relieving to remind myself of what I'm choosing to use this body for. Um, because when you release yourself from using the body for attack or fearful purposes, um, you just feel lighter, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so like, especially with Meniere's disease and PTSD, they were both brought on by stress. That is kind of an attack on myself, right? To be stressed out. And I was done with that. I was kind of just done attacking myself, <laughs> right? So um, yeah, really nice to just remind yourself of what am I using this body for? What am I using this experience for? I'm going to reframe it and use it for the purposes of healing my stepping stone to God, right? In the classroom. And there's that section in, in later on in the book about the classroom where I talk about how we reframe this world. So we can get into that <laughs> later on uh, this month. But yeah, it, 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 I find it very relieving to remind yourself of who you truly are more frequently, because it's is the repetition of right-minded thoughts that is going to help us um, get above the screeching ego, right? And it's just my my truth is going to become more forefront to the forefront of my mind. It's going to become more real to me because I'm repeating it in a positive and loving way. And I'm going to start to believe it, right? So also when we get into the laws of the mind, one of them is thoughts grow stronger the more you share them. And I'll be talking about how our thoughts repeated cement into our beliefs and ultimately into our perceptions. So just, you know, at the present moment, though, you know, where can you start to give yourself a more gentle reminder of who you truly are? Yeah, Carl? Yeah, I'm sorry. Just one more quick comment about fear, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure we want to wind up here in a little bit. But uh uh, we have to remember that we have grown up since we were born in a world that taught us that fear was essential to be, we have to be in defense of everything around us. Yeah. Uh, living in fear, you know, I have to defend against this, but uh, defend against that. But one of the uh, characteristics of the teacher of God is defenselessness. Yeah. And I think that comes with accepting the atonement. The atonement is the undoing of everything we've learned in the world. Yeah. And and as you continue to 
to, you know, say, I accept the atonement, I accept the atonement, I think you'll start to see fearful thoughts and things uh, fall away. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Because the atonement, atoning means undoing. Mm-hmm. Atonement is how the ego is undone in your mind. It states that I never left my source. The separation never occurred. All of this fear, all of this guilt is just comes from that one tiny mad idea where I think I left my source. It wasn't a problem until I took it seriously. No different than if someone insults you. It's not a problem unless you took it seriously, <laughs> right? So just keeping that in mind, and we're going to be talking all about that, <laughs> you know, in later parts. But yeah, thank you, Carl. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yep. Uh, Sue? Yeah. Just one little thing that I, that has helped me a lot. Yeah. I think when we, um, if you have, I like to think of myself as like at least three parts. I have a mind, body, and a spirit. Yeah. And I look at it as an analogy. Like if I'm a car, yeah. the body of the car is inert. Yeah. It can go nowhere, do anything. It needs a driver, yeah. which are my thoughts, my mind. It needs some fuel, and that's my spirit. Oh, and nice. unless, the, unless the three of them are all working together, we're incomplete. Yeah. So the body, you can sort of see how the body is nothing. Yeah. It's just a vehicle for us to use our mind and to gain spiritual intelligence and raise our consciousness so that we become more loving. What would love do now is always a perfect response. Oh, I love that. When the ego that. gets in the way. Yeah, oh my just God. ask yourself. <laughs> I love that. What would love do now? Oh, my God. That, that warmed my heart. So simple. Yeah. yeah and so simple. true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also where defenselessness would come in, right? Because love doesn't get defensive. It just love goes quiet. Love. Yeah, yeah. It just sits back and goes yeah. quiet, becomes very humble, very yeah. kind. Yeah. And caring. Yeah. And and there's a great, you remind me, Sue, there's a, a great course quote, and I will be paraphrasing, but essentially it was um just reminding us of the purpose of the body is to expand our perception. That is its usefulness. So while we're here, I'm going to use it to expand my awareness, right? And 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 then so then I can eventually move beyond the body. I'll try and find the quote and then I can share it um, you know, with all of us when next Sunday when we get together. But it's a really when I read that quote, I'm like, yes, that's what this body is for, to expand my awareness to help me rise above thinking I'm a body altogether, which is, you know, really, really, you know, helpful. And, you know, I just, again, a great reminder of why we're here, <laughs> why we're having this experience, right? Um, and just like our minds, am I going to use this experience for myself or against myself? Am I going to learn, right? Unlearn the ego, but learn right-mindedness, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. They're spiritual beings having human experiences and they're all created through thought. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, just where I find the mind, like, the mind is such a big, expansive thing. It's hard. How do you define the mind? Whereas, if you bring it back to a thought, yeah. Like, everything, every experience I have is a result of a thought, which creates a feeling. Yeah. So, if it's a bad feeling, I'm in my ego. If it's yeah. a nice feeling, I'm in my heart. Yeah. And that's where love comes in. So, you know, it's like our feelings are important here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think the course really ever mentions or goes deep into those. It's all about the mind and the head. And and the more you think, the worse it gets. Whereas if you just (laughs) drop them all and settle into your heart, 
love is right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And and I do know in um, Gary Renard's work, it's highlighted for us that people are more inclined to act from their feelings than anything else. So, you know, um, that that I found was very insightful because that's true. It's like, you know, I'm feeling meh or, you know, I'm feeling excited and I'm going to go do this. Right. It's it's the motivation. Um, but those feelings are effects. They're effects of thoughts. Um, and I think it is important to highlight um, just so how the unconscious mind and then our subconscious patterns, all of these things are kind of running in the background. We're not aware of so much, right? Like the tip of the iceberg is really what we're working with, right? Our conscious mind is such a, a tiny part. And if we were aware of so much more, it would be just overwhelming. That's why, you know, we're just using our conscious minds to perceive. And so what, you know, if you just like, let's say you hear something, maybe a song or you see something and it triggers you in a negative way and you don't know why. You don't know why. Or if you meet someone, as an example, and in a previous physical incarnation, maybe you had a bad time with them and you meet them now and you're like, hmm, <laughs> not, not my kind of. Right? Whatever. And you don't know why. <laughs> and and so I, I love to give credit to what I don't know. You know, just going, okay, Fiona, it's okay. Like that's your intuition doesn't mean that, you know, anything horrible is going on. You're just aware of something that needs to be corrected and ultimately healed. Right. That's, that's what it's telling me. But I think it is important for us to kind of recognize that there's more bubbling beneath the surface than we're aware of. Um, and what I love, I'll point it out now because I'll probably be pointing it out a million times throughout this, but the Holy Spirit is at the level of our unconscious minds. It's right where the correction needs to be made. The ego is in the unconscious and the Holy Spirit is right there. So the Holy Spirit is in the right position to undo the ego right? Us with our conscious minds, what we can do is, you know, correct the trajectory of our thinking. We can implement true forgiveness and the right-minded principles, which I'll also be highlighting for us as we go through this. But that's what we can do at a conscious level is correct the trajectory of our thinking through applying right-minded principles. But it's the Holy Spirit's job at the unconscious level to do the healing. And that's going to be initiated through your correction, through your invitation to the Holy Spirit through your implementation of right-mindedness. And then all we have to do is trust that on some level, the Holy Spirit is doing the healing. And we may not always be aware of that healing, but what I like to remind myself, especially is something like PTSD, you know, what I read on forums and things like that, and people are like, oh, I'm stuck in this forever. It will never go away. And I'm like, why are you settling for that? I mean, I didn't say that. I respect, you know, why people might come to PTSD can be really harsh things. But eventually, I, I hope that you become open-minded enough to go that healing can occur for you. You're not stuck in this. And so with something like PTSD, where I was having really intense nightmares, as an example, which just showed me my psyche, you know, um, beating up ghosts and all of that stuff. But what I trusted is that I was being shown what I needed to forgive and deepen up my unconscious mind. The Holy Spirit was healing those ego layers for me. And as I progressed through the PTSD, I was starting to feel better. And I know it's because I let the Holy Spirit in to heal that unconscious content I was not fully aware of. I was just getting symptoms of it, right? The panic attacks, the nightmares, the triggers. But I trusted the Holy Spirit to do the work the Holy Spirit is meant to do. Holy Spirit takes care of the healing. 
I invite the healing. So I think that's that's very helpful. Oh yeah, thank you, Carl. Yeah. Ask or check out Ask and It Is Given by Esther Hicks and its scale of emotions. Yeah. I mean, and it's just nice to have a general awareness of what we're working with at the physical experience level. You know, emotions can be really complex. You know, it's okay to be diagnosed with something. What I like to say is though, is that diagnosis my identity, right? No, Fiona is more than PTSD. Fiona was more than Menier's disease. Those were my stepping stones to God. They were something I was going to use to heal because that's what it was given to me for, essentially. It's why I chose it, you know? And that was just how two of the ways that I happen to experience ego content. And we will each experience our ego content in our own ways, but they're still the same thing. They're representative of that idea. I think I left my source. And it will only ever be healed by the one correction, the atonement. I never actually left my source. So, and there's a part of my mind that knows I never left my source. There's a part of my mind that knows it's perfectly connected with my source. And the exact same for all of us. We're all the same. We're all perfectly connected with our source. We're just having an experience of separation. That doesn't mean it's true. All it means is that we're believing in it. Right? Does that make sense? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get the head nods. <laughs> um, um, but one of the things I wanted to mention from the preface, um, I will be getting into the laws of the mind later in the month. Um, but what I wanted to point out is that the laws of the mind are, you know, at work. And even when we're taught in the course, Jesus says, but we can arrive at diametrically opposed results depending on who we use those laws with. So again, just bringing about that awareness that things are working. Our mind is working. It's sleep. It's not asleep. It's creating. It's at work. So again, just wanted to bring about that awareness that if your mind is always working, then I always think that's a nice invitation to put the Holy Spirit in charge of my mind. <laughs> Get my higher self, you know, in that in that role of being in charge. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to mention, um, I have a question. Oh, sure. Love. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what the Holy spirit communicates with the right mind, right? Through the right mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Through the right man. Like when I connect my higher self, mm-hmm. am I connecting to my higher self or the Holy spirit or is, is it doesn't even matter that I make a distinction. It doesn't matter that you make a distinction okay. because we're all one behind mm-hmm. these physical facades. We're all one. And the Holy Spirit is our voice, the capital V voice for God in this physical experience. It is your higher self, but it's also everyone's higher self. Yeah. So the, the higher mind is the Holy Spirit. And that has the capacity to communicate with God. And it yeah. has the and it has the capacity to make the changes in my subconscious. And I, but when I rise above and I enter into that higher mind, because I can sometimes feel uh, a, that connection stronger than other times. Mm-hmm. And, and then I just remind myself that I align my will with, with God's, you know? And so, so that's like, just like, giving my permission to the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Willingness, right? Like Jesus talks a lot in the course about willingness. Your willingness is the same thing as you, you're going to invite the Holy spirit. Cause you're willing, <laughs> 
right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the the Holy Spirit is doing its work at the level of the unconscious mind, your subconscious patterns and dreams and things like that. I mean, the Holy Spirit's there, it's going to move through in, in different ways, like whether through something someone says, it can move through other people and the way they speak. And you're like, yeah, that really resonated with me. Or like a sign that you read on the side of the street and it resonates with you. That's because yeah. the Holy Spirit, your right mind is, is, is interpreting it for you. It's reading it, you know, essentially. And so it's like, it lights you up and you're like, yes. So that's, you kind of want to pay attention to those relief moments, those yes moments, those resonate, you know, um, the intuition, I'm getting this repeated um, in a positive way, not a nuisance chatty way, but I'm getting this repeated inkling to maybe eat more avocado or, you know, whatever it, it might be like, cause it's true. The Holy spirit can help us with anything if we invite the Holy spirit in. Right. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's what I do highlight for us. Um, and we'll be talking about it more next week is um, just how natural um, hearing the Holy Spirit can be for us, right? Like even in the course, it said, you know, can you imagine like just hearing God's voice all the time? And it'll be like walking down a path in the summer. It would just be so beautiful. Um, so the more we undo the ego through true forgiveness and apl application of the atonement, the more we're going to hear our higher self, the more it's just going to feel more natural to go, yeah, the Holy Spirit, my higher self, there's my intuition that feels right. Yeah. So just how much more natural it'll be for us. Yeah. yeah. Does that help? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Right. Holy yeah. Spirit is the right mind. Yeah. It uses through the right mind. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Connect yeah. with your right mind and you're connected to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, just for clarity, it's different than left brain, right brain. It's wrong yeah, right. or right mind. <laughs> yeah. But, but also, but then, then there's the other question, then where does Jesus come in? Well, Jesus is an enlightened, is enlightened. No, but I mean, some people will say, oh. bring it to Jesus. And yeah. I'm like, are they mean, do they mean the Holy Spirit or the right mind? Is that, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, of course, student will use those synonymously. Yes, uh, Jesus yes. is HS, HS is so Jesus. There, so <laughs> HS and Jesus is used synonymously because yeah. some course teachers only use Jesus. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. I can't relate to that, but okay. I yeah. know that's what they do. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And for some people, yeah, like, especially if you're from a Christian background, you're like, Jesus totally resonate with that. He's, he's my guy. Right. So, but it, it doesn't matter. Right. Cause it, it's, and it actually brings up the next point I was going to mention um, uh, just at the end of the preface, I talk about, you know, um, do be aware. I use terms like Jesus and God and Holy spirit in the ways that the, a course in miracle uses them. And what I wanted to highlight was if you're put off by such names, not saying you are Elaine, just, this is part of the conversation, right. but just, if you're put off by such names, um, that those are, you know, outdated definition, you might have an outdated definition of that name, right? So you might have an old Christian definition of Jesus or, Holy Spirit or God, and that might not work for some people. Like I've been teaching A Course in Miracles for a long time, and there are some people who are like, ooh, I don't like that name. I, I have a bad vibe. Like I have a bad history with that name. Can I call him something else or whatever it might be? So I just wanted to highlight for people, though, that if you have that kind of, you know, hesitance around using certain terms, that's okay. Um, but it is something to be aware of that you might want to be open to a new definition of what A Course in Miracles will teach us 
who was actually Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit and our source, what is it all about? Um, because they're very benign, very loving, and um, there's definitely a, a healthy new definition available to us, um, which just helps you know us embrace the course in a deeper way to you know have a more loving perspective of these energies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just because I know some people can be put off by the language of the course. Yeah. <laughs> any any insights there? Any hi, Rose. Yeah, that's a, um, would you say, Fiona, that um, when we use, and when I so-called pray, speak to Holy Spirit, which I do, I use both those, Holy Spirit and, and Jay, mm -hmm. and I'll, you know, that, that, that habit of speaking, mm -hmm. that in fact, there's a, um, at some point, the journey of not, it's the Holy Spirit, uh, Jay, it's like me, it's the self, not me as a body separate, me as the one. So yeah. at some point, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's like the self, yeah. the myself as in capital. Yeah. So I'm not separating. Oh, yeah. Would you say something about that? Well, I think that's beautiful because you're identifying with the fact that it is your higher self, right? And, you know, when we, I guess we could kind of see it in two different ways. We could see it in the linear experience of time where it seems like, you know, uh, we're not enlightened yet. It seems that way in the linear fashion of time. So we might feel that dissociation from Jesus or the Holy Spirit, um, you know, so just kind of being aware that, you know, this is might might be my perception right now. But as you progress, yeah, you might be like, wow, like the higher the Holy Spirit is my higher self. I, I'm one with the Holy Spirit and Jesus is enlightened and all those who have come enlightened since him, you know, I, I'm one with them as well. So I think it, it will be like a matter of our progression, our awareness uh, expanding and we'll start to go, wow, there is no difference between me and, and Jesus or me and the Holy Spirit. That is me. And, and so I, I think that's just part of the, the progress that we will all make, um, because it, it is true that, you know, you can say things to people like, well, fear isn't real and la la la. And they're like, well, I don't believe you because <laughs> I feel it all the time or, you know, la la la. So we kind of want to have an appreciation for what do I believe right now? What's kind of stage am I at right now in the stages of development? Um, and, and so just having a general awareness of where you're at. But yeah, like what a beautiful gift to get to the point to be like, wow, the Holy Spirit, I am one with the Holy Spirit. Like this is natural for this higher part of me to move through me and for me to listen to it and hear it. How incredible. Like, you know, so yeah. Does that help? Yeah, that thank you so much. And and you know what the the quote coming that says nothing is outside of you like you mm -hmm. are all of it like yeah. to that you are all of it you know yeah. that nothing is separate like no separation like yeah. that's a big idea it's a massive idea a massive idea and that's again i'll highlight it again what i said when cindy renard said try and approach the courses as coming from a mind because we're not separated 
there is no separation. It's just an illusion, right? So the mind is perfectly connected. We're only aware of so much, but yeah. Fiona, how come certain well-known teachers of the course insist on referring to Jesus as a separate entity, it seems like. It could just be. Sorry. It's like that's their modus operandi. And yet, you know, it's not like sometimes they'll say Jesus. It's like as if it were um, a theology. Uh uh, And 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 I like your teachings because you don't you default to different, you know, you, you, you mix it up mm-hmm. to remind us that it's all one. Yeah. It's, it's not like you have to go to Jesus. No, you go to your higher self, yeah. which is not separated from Jesus. It is a Christ mind. Yeah. We yeah. are Christ, all yeah. of us. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, yeah, I, I, th- I think they're helping. When they always do that, always say, bring it to Jesus or bring Jesus in. I'm like, wait a minute. This is the course. The course, even Jesus says himself, says in the course, mm-hmm. I am not the person that's going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. I'm giving you the tools to do it. Yeah. You and I are the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, he, I mean, cause I think it's cause it's Jesus's course. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I hear you and, and, you know, he, Jesus, um, he says in the course, um, you know, the only different, like I'm your big brother, I'm showing you, it can be done and I'm letting you know how to, how I did it. And I, it's beautiful. He said, I worked from the bottom up. I was a man as well. You know, I, I did it and I worked from the bottom up. Right. And I love that. And he just reminds us that, um, you know, he says the only difference between you and I now is that all I have is God. Right. Whereas for us, we have these other identities. Well, like, you know, these other things that kind of feed our ego identity and we're still working, going, okay, it's all God. We're still getting there and the ego is being undone in our minds. So, you know, that's what he says is our only difference, which I just thought was so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone hasn't read the book of of the bio, autobiography or the biography that Ken Wapnuck wrote about Helen mm-hmm. Shukman, mm-hmm. there is so much dialogue in there with Jesus mm-hmm. and Helen. Yeah. That it's it's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. It you know, because in addition to the course, you get to hear his take on other things as well. Yeah, that would be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It is entertaining. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. I forget the, the name of that book. Um, 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 oh, I, I'll have it next week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So that we, um, we covered um, the material that I shared in the preface. Um, so when we get together next Sunday, we can talk about the, what I share in the introduction um, and then if anyone has any questions or anything you want me to make sure I touch upon or elaborate upon, I'm your girl. Just email me, Fiona, fionamaria.ca. I'm always here. Um, and is there any final insights or anything anyone wants to share? We're here for each other. <laughs> Just thank you. 
Thank oh, you, Fiona. Thank, thank you, you, everyone. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for your thank insights. You. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you.